You're listening to the Sewing and Growing podcast and radio show with J and J. And we're back. Yes, we are back in the second week of the new year. That's pretty exciting. Uh, super glad to be joining you as the listeners of the Sewing and Growing podcast. And how is the year started off? I don't know. You could be responding in different ways wherever you're at. But I'm going to trust that all of you, no matter how it started, are confident that it can end well. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of times we start the year with new goals and different things. Yeah. Have you started the year with anything new that you want to endeavor to do this year? Yeah, man. Um, so I was just going to actually touch on this for a minute. Um, beginning of the year, we, we write down like a vision for the year. And we write down, what happens a lot is we we think about the mindset we want to be in, the things that we want to achieve. We might even write it down, but we don't put hard dates on anything. And I was just thinking about how much more likely you are to do something if you literally just get it on the calendar. Mm. And like one thing that I was endeavoring to do was like record a couple songs. So like put it on the calendar, like it's done. Like I'm going to Nashville to record in March. So Which is true. You actually have yeah, a date in yes, March that you're going. I have a date in March. I've already signed the contract with the producer. That's so, awesome. Like, that's something I've been thinking about for years. Like, that would be nice. You know what? Next year, we'll, we'll try and do that. And you can't be reckless and throw caution to the wind. You got to be able to afford to do what you're going to do. You got to have the time. But I was just like, you know what? I'm not. I'm going to stop thinking about these little natural things. I believe God's put this on my heart. And I just got it on the calendar, man. That's awesome. And I think it's even better... To write it down for a certain date and then have to bounce it later on than to be like, right. I will wait until I know for sure. Some days never probably going to come. Put the date down yeah. and God might just meet you and you yeah. achieve it by that date. What if you have to things? bounce it, it's okay, but it's better to have it on the calendar. Even here at work, Seriously. when I get stuff early on the calendar and every staff meeting we read through what's on the calendar, uh-huh. just hearing it repeated – on that date helps to keep it in the front of my yeah. mind and then so every, I can achieve it. Everything that somebody brings to you, you're always bouncing off to, well, I have this on this date, and it just helps you be more organized. Yes. A lot of things I put in my head and not on my phone or on my calendar, and then I'll say yes to something I really can't say yes to. And then you're disappointing more than just one person. He's the person you originally agreed to, plus the person that you thought you could agree to, and yourself. You're really letting three people down. I know that our podcast today is going to be really great for those who are getting ready for 2023, but for some extra deep dive, go and listen to Alan Wolf's podcast again. It'll be really helpful. What went next? That was a good one. For 2023. He's a very successful businessman. Um, Very successful just guy in life. He's just a cool dude. And he knows how to wear an Ariat shirt. He does. And a pair of boots. <laughs> and a pair of boots. <laughs> and a belt. Yeah. So Buckle. this this podcast, uh, you know, we're in, like John said, we're in the second week of the new year. Um, so we're going to talk about um, excuses. Um, your butt. My B-U-T, butt. Not B-U-T-T. And not B-U-T-T-E, like a butte. But, but. <laughs> but, but. <laughs> but, but. But, Excuses, but. all right? And why we have them and how we need to, and why we need to get them out of the way to get some stuff accomplished in our lives and for the kingdom of God. Amen. Let's go. Okay. I'm going to read out of Luke 14. This is a bit of reading. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the word. Okay. Luke chapter 16, we'll go 16 through 24. Jesus followed up <clears throat> with a parable. He always follows up with a parable. He said, that's, a, that's an absolute. He doesn't always follow up with a parable. <laughs> Okay, Jesus followed up. Yes, for there was once a man who threw a great dinner party and invited many. 
When it was time for dinner, he sent out his servant to the invited guests saying, come on in, the food is on the table. Verse 18. Then they all began to beg off, one after another, making excuses. The first said, I bought a piece of property, and I need to look it over. Send my regrets. Another said, I just bought five teams of oxen, and I really need to check them out. Send my regrets. Another yet said, I just got married. I need to get home to my wife. The servant went back and told the master what had happened. He was outraged and told the servant, quickly, go out into the city streets and alleys. Collect all who look like they need a square meal all the misfits and the homeless and the wretched you can lay your hands on and bring them here. The servant reported back, Master, I did what you commanded, and there's still room. Verse 23, the master said, Then go to the country roads. Whoever you find, drag them in. I want my house full. Let me tell you, not one of those originally invited is going to get so much as a bite from my dinner party. They all basically said, I would love to come, but... Right, so go. Let's go through those excuses real quick. The first person said, "I just bought a piece of piece of property. I need to look it over." Coming from a person who has bought a piece of property, you usually look that over before you buy it. Just saying, okay? Poor excuse. <laughs> Guy who bought the oxen, it's like buying a car without test driving it. Poor excuse. The only one I can somewhat relate to. Not saying that it's right, but the guy who just got married. We're both married men sitting here. The day after you got I mean, married, even Paul said. Once you get married, you have to be mindful of your wife. You're no longer just right. serving the Lord. Right. He so, said you're divided. It's right a after you just get married, are you thinking about dinner parties? Are you thinking about anything other than being with your wife? No, sir. No, sir. So, not that it's right, but I understand. Does he get a pass? No, but am I thinking about it? Does he get your sympathy? Does he get my sympathy? Sure. At the end of the day, he still doesn't get invited to the dinner party. If you know anything about this parable, he's actually talking about the nation of Israel, um, which originally rejected him, and that's why he opened up um, salvation to everyone else. He was already, listen, to avoid any type of confusion here, God's plan was for every man to be saved. Originally, it was who was going to originally receive it and bring to the it forth. Jew first, right. and then the Gentiles. Through to everybody you, else. all the nations of the right. earth will be blessed. Yes. Okay. So it's not like, oh man, like if if Israel accepted, we wouldn't be in. No, we would still be in. Um, Israel would would have been the 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 front runners of spreading the gospel throughout the And earth. there's prophecies that in the last days that there will be a great ingathering of Jews. Yes. Okay. So they all, God, we cleared that up. They all basically said, I'd love to come, but. So how many times do we excuse away the eternal for something that's just temporary? Our own but gets in the way of our destiny. And remember, every time I say but, it's B-U-T, okay? So how many times do we see an invitation from God to partake in a promise and we make an excuse? The promise of healing, the promise of joy, the promise of prosperity. We wonder why we're missing out on these promises, it's because we're excusing them away with our big fat butts. That's the title of today's podcast, My Big Fat Butt, B-U-T. <laughs> so here's what butt means. It's a conjunction and it's actually used to introduce something contrasting with what has already been mentioned. You say something and then you put butt in there. I'd love to do this, but I can't. Or this, yada, 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 but you understand, right? So it joins two sentences together. It takes the first sentence. It makes it false by making the second sentence true. The two statements are now contrary to each other. So a lot of times we're ignorant to the fact that we are voiding promises with our butts. So our butt either voids the promise 
or it activates the promise. So many times we see something that's true. We read it in the word. We read that and then we say, but what we've just done is made that statement that we read false and the statement that we're making after the but a reality, right? Um, so uh, here's a story that I've heard a few different times said in a few different ways, but I, I like the principle that it, that it rings, uh, rings home for us. So it says this, one evening an old Cherokee Indian told his grandson, about a battle that goes on inside of people. He said, my son, the battle is between two wolves inside of us all. One is evil, it's anger, it's envy, jealousy, sorrow, regret, arrogance, you know, etc. He goes on in all those things. And he says, the other is good. It's joy, peace, love, hope, serenity, humility, kindness, benevolence, compassion, and faith. The grandson thought about it for a minute and asked his grandfather, well, which wolf wins? The old Cherokee simply replied, the one that you feed. So this applies to us and what we focus on, right? What we focus on is what will dominate us in our lives, right? You uh, follow after the spirit, right? You won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. That's literally the Bible version of the wolf story. Whatever you feed more is what will dominate your life, yes. your spirit or your flesh. So uh, what we focus on dominates us. Are we focusing on weakness or on strength? Are we focusing on our inability or God's supernatural ability our butt either voids the promise or it activates the promise yes so which butt are you choosing you're saying wait wait there's two butts in the equation yeah there's our butt and there's god's butt okay <laughs> so but i right but my circumstance or but god i know the bible says i'm healed but i feel sick that right there your butt just voided a promise that you find in the word I may feel sick. This is how you need to say it. I may feel sick, but God has purchased my healing, and I don't live by my feelings, right? There you go. That's you an go. instance right there of your butt activating the promise. Right. You could just say, my conjunction, right? <laughs> activating the promise. <laughs> it's not as funny. Um, so we need to get ours out of the way and replace it with God's butt, okay? God has a bigger butt than I do. So just a, it's a reality. It's something that you need to accept. Can you accept it across the table from me? I can. I have a little bit of a hard time with the language, but I can accept the fact <laughs> that God's butt is bigger than ours. <laughs> All right. So the phrase, but, uh, or, but I can only speak of the old man possibilities. The phrase, but God brings hope. In him, all things are possible, right? His name is above all names. His blood covers all, but God trumps everything. If we focus on why we can't do something, the enemy's going to make it a reality, okay? What we focus on dominates our life. His main goal, the enemy's main goal is to diss you, and you've said this before. That's what discouragement comes from. He's trying to diss your courage. He's trying to make you discontent, distracted, disobedient, dysfunctional, disappointed, disabled, disliked, disconnected, all the disses, right? The only way we know about God's but is through God's word. It's time to get acquainted with what God has to say about us. Yes, amen. So uh, I'm going to read a few uh, instances where we get to understand God's butt. Okay. Psalm 73, 26. My flesh and my heart fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Romans 5, 7 through 8. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man some would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love towards us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. 
I'm going to be fast again, man. That's okay. We can talk about All right. it. I has not seen nor ear heard the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. That's 1 Corinthians 2, uh, 9 through 10. Romans 6, 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Ephesians 2, 1 through 4. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you were once you once ooh, glory, which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also also we all have once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. Deep breath. But God, there it is, who is rich in mercy. Because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. Those are a few instances yeah, good. where we see a promise and we see God activating that or the reader, the writer activating that with but God instead of but my circumstance or but I, right? So it's really important to focus on the right source of strength, right? You might be str- you might be strong in your own might for a, a season and a time, but there's eventually going to be something that comes into your life that really is going to make you have to rely on something else. And I don't want to get to that point where I got to make that switch in a really hard time. Right. You need to be relying on him in everything, right? In all It's like ways. trying to shift a gear when it's under a lot of yeah. force or you're trying to get up a hill and you're engaging it you're sliding down the hill oh now i need to switch into another gear right well you should have done you should have started that before you went on your pursuit exactly before we go on our pursuit and life is a pursuit of what god has for us start from his strength don't try to activate it somewhere in the process yeah let him who glories glory in the lord amen i was just thinking this is really the biblical way to live by faith because a lot of times we get criticized in those that are called word of faith and those who have faith that we deny things. Yeah. And I think because we don't understand buts right, we don't understand those conjunctions, we leave it out and we just decide to say what God says about it, but try to pretend like what we're experiencing in our bodies is not there. Yeah. And if that's, if you're really doing that from a spot of faith and your physical reality and what you're experiencing has no influence on you and it's as if it's not happening, so you just say, God, then good for you. But for most of us, it's very real and we won't acknowledge it. But just make sure that Jesus and his word, which are the same thing, in the beginning yeah. was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. Yeah. Jesus is the word made flesh. Make sure that Jesus has the last word. Yeah. It's okay to say, man, my back hurts. But... Jesus is getting the last word, and the last word is Isaiah 53, 5 says, by his stripes I am healed. Yeah, and that reminds me of just the difference between facts and truth. Right. Facts are very real in the present moment, but facts are always subject to change. Mm -hmm. Truth is not. Truth is something that is set in stone, right? So the fact of the matter might be, yes, my back hurts. That is an actual fact. But the truth, the unchanging truth, is that Jesus healed me. And to some degree... We don't want to glorify it, but if we're scared to acknowledge right. the fact that our back hurts, I think it's going to be hard for us to access faith because you don't overcome what you don't confront. So if you're unwilling to confront the present fact, not truth, right. that there's something difficult going on, right. it might be hard to find God's grace to overcome it. 
Right. Is that fair to say? Yeah. I mean, you can never change something that you're not willing to acknowledge. Yeah. And I think of like the old movie Monty Python and the Holy Grail where have you ever seen that movie? So the black knight is trying to protect the bridge and he's fighting against what's his name? Is it Arthur? And I barely remember the movie. They're in a sword fight and he cuts off his arm and he's like, I've won the battle. And the black knight's like, no, you haven't. He's like, dude, your arm's gone. He's like, no, it's not. And then he cuts his other arm off and he's like, dude, I've, I'm like, you cannot fight me. He's like, oh, it's just a flesh wound, man. doesn't matter. And then he like ends up cutting his legs off and he's just like this stump on the ground and he won't, he won't acknowledge the what's fact happened. that, yeah, he won't acknowledge what's happening and he won't acknowledge his own defeat. I'm not saying, Hey, you got to acknowledge your defeat, but the mm-hmm. first step on a journey, right. Is to recognize, um, maybe that's not the best example, but again, in order to change something, you got to acknowledge what it is that you're trying to change. Yeah. I mean, and I've been here in my life where there's spots where I'm not confident in the Lord's forgiveness. I'm not confident in the Lord's power. And it's not comfortable for me to even talk about certain Mm -hmm. things. But then there's some things that by Jesus's blood, by his grace that I've overcome in my life, and I can talk about him without any fear, without any shame, not to glorify those things in my past, but to recognize that they don't have a hold on me. And I heard somebody say this, that (laughs) if it's under the carpet, it's not under the blood. So if yeah. it's like, let's just pretend it's not there. Don't open that closet because there's tons of stuff in there. We're just going to pretend like the house is really clean when everything's in right. there. It's not really taken care of. But if you can say, yeah, it's there, but God's already right. redeemed all that. You know you got a greater spot of freedom. Right. And a big factor there is, yeah, acknowledge it once, but don't keep going back yeah. to the fact. Yeah. Right. You say, yep, it's there. But then from that moment on, you're declaring and you're speaking truth. Because if you keep exhuming it and digging it up, you're not letting Jesus have the final word. And I've even like experienced this just like relationally in my own marriage. Let's just say even like if I have a headache and I'm walking around the house and I, you know, I'm pressing on my temples and I'm, you know, I'm I'm cringing and I'm trying to drink water and whatever. My wife's going to notice that. She goes, your head hurt? No. Then that's hindering relationship because she knows I'm keeping something from her. But I can say, you know, it does hurt. Let's pray together. And that's happened before. And then right. from that moment on, anytime she sees me cringing or noticing that my head's hurting or if I'm noticing, thank you, Jesus, for healing my body. Thank you that you are the healer. We acknowledged it once, but to keep that from her from the beginning is just hindering relationship. And it's the same thing like with God. Like God already knows that kind of stuff. God already knows what you're going through. So it's like to play this like funny little game with him, like you're ignoring it. It's just silly. Yeah. So let him know because he already knows, and you can invite him to help you. And so I've said this once before that, like when we talk, when we're talking about prayer, prayer doesn't inform God because he already knows what's going on. Prayer invites him. It's an invitation for him to join with you. Um, so yeah, state the fact, but then invite God on the scene and start declaring truth and watch him watch him heal you whatever the circumstances. Yeah, let God have the final word. And I'm thinking I like what you said with your wife because you're in relationship, but as believers, we're to do good to all, but especially those at the household of faith. And we're supposed to pray for those that be sick, that they be healed. So when we come in contact with other believers, I think it's a good practice. Sure. Start off. How do you feel? But after they've, you've already stated how they feel, you pray with them. Don't keep asking them how they feel. Reassure them and point them back to what you just prayed. I mean, that's a big part of leading people, discipling people, to sure acknowledge, validate what they're feeling, but also turn the ship into what God has for them. Yeah. So I'm going to sure connect with what they're experiencing in the moment, but our real anchor, our hope, our anchor of hope is going to be his word and the promise that we're holding to yeah. the conjunction, the butt of God yeah. that's bigger than ours getting back to right. it. Right. 
I know most of this podcast was really talking about our excuses, uh, voiding promises or uh, understanding that we can activate promises through what God has to say about them. But just bringing this back to the new year and getting vision into your life, um, there's a lot of things when you get in prayer. So when we say, hey, like write these things down, I'm not just saying think about exactly what you want to do. No, pray to God about what he should have you do and write those things down and then be thinking about this story, this parable. Don't let excuses like finances or health, any of that stuff get in the way because if God is giving you a mandate, he's going to give you the supplies, right? He's going to give you the equipment to accomplish what he's told you to do. So all he really needs from you is a yes and your faith and God really takes care of the rest. So doors are opening. Like going back to this recording thing, like uh, do I necessarily have all my ducks in a row to be able to go? No, but I know that God told me to do it and I'm doing it. It's a step of faith and I'm trusting that he's going to put the things in line and in order that need to be put in place. Yeah. So I have the, I had this form on my computer and I think I'm missing one, but it's all these P's that I thought of when I'm planning something. The first one is pray about it and then plan it out, but place it on the calendar. That's my third one. I yeah. put a place in it and then prepare for it. And then perform it as I prepared for it. And then afterwards, because I've yeah. done this whole process with God that started in prayer, uh, give praise about it. Yeah. Rejoice in what happened. I like that. How many P's are there? I think there's actually seven, but the one I wrote is six. So somewhere I'm missing it. I'll oh. send it to you in an email. Yeah, maybe we need to bring that up in the next podcast because it reminds me of another thing. I'm going to give a shout out to the app that I've been using again Electio 365, the acronym PRAY. I think that's great when it comes to vision. So the PRAY acronym is uh, uh, pause, right? Reflect. Reflect, um, ask, and then yield. So read a scripture, pause, right? Pray or pause, and then reflect on what that scripture or what God's telling you to do. And then, well, let, let me just re relate it to reading scripture. So you read the scripture, you uh, reflect on it, then you ask God, "What? How? How should I apply this in my life?" And then He's going to tell you, and then you yield to it. That's a great starting point for really anything, right? Pray about it, reflect, ask Him what to do, and then yield to His direction. Yeah. And I think you're going to go far in life. I mean, I could be wrong. I'm not wrong, but you're going to go far. <laughs> you're going to you're going to go could far. Could be wrong. Not, not wrong. wrong. <laughs> Sounds like former president. Uh, my goodness. Um, anything else you need to say? Should we go into wisdom of the day? Let's go into the wisdom of the day. <laughs> you start off. I start off last time. Oh, man. All right. I'll start off. Oh, I was going to say. You start off. I'll start off. <laughs> All right. Here <laughs> we go. <laughs> you got something good? Okay, great. I got something. I got something, something else. Okay. I really like that you said our butt either voids or activates. And just because I like alliteration, it helps me remember. I thought of another way to say it, that it can either abdicate or activate. And abdicate is normally for royalty and a throne, mm. but the promises that we have from God and the things that he has for us, it's the same as us having the heir to all the great things that would come from a monarch or a throne. Mm -hmm. And when we put our current circumstance and situation and facts in front of it, we abdicate the royal privileges that we have in him. So yeah. don't abdicate what God has for you, but activate it by having his word be the last word of our lives. Right. That's good. I like that. Um, I like just the analogy of the, the Cherokee um, and what we see in the word about being soul dominated or spirit dominated. Whatever we feed the most is going to be what dominates our life. I've heard a youth minister say this too, real simple. So whatever, whatever has the most time wins. It's true in any 
in any type of sports game too, we we always talk about goals and stuff. We talk possession. about offensive possession. Whoever has the puck or the ball longest always usually always wins, right? It's about possession time. So what are you allowing to take up your that's time? What are you meditating on? What are you focusing on? Because in the end, that's what's going to win. That's what's going to dominate. So be looking at God's promise. I can, I, I can just say conjunction if that makes everybody feel better. <laughs> be looking at God's conjunction instead of yours. <laughs> I remembered my seventh P. Can I give all the P's? Yes, please do. Okay. Pray, plan, place, Prepare this upcoming one's the one that I forgot. Promote. Promote. Always let if you're doing it with other people, let you people want to draw know. people in, let people know about it. Perform yeah. it and then give praise to God for what he did. Promote, perform, praise. That's good. And when you promote it, it also brings in a level of accountability. Because people will be like, hey, that thing that you told me you were gonna do, did you do it? Yeah. All right. So that's seven good. P's of planning. Nice. So hopefully that helps you in planning out your new year. Don't let excuses get in the way. Focus on what God has to say and let him take care of all the rest, the needs, the things that are actually why you create an excuse. Let him take care of those things. Amen. He needs your yes and your your obedience and your faithfulness. All right, I'm going to pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you what your word for your word and what it says about us, what it says we can have, what it's promised us, and the authority that we have through your word. We declare your word. We declare your truth over every situation, Father God. I pray that we would not let our own excuses, our own shortcomings, our own circumstances get in the way of what you have to say about us and what you've promised us, Father God. I pray that 2023 is a year where we stop making those excuses, we put things on the calendar, and we advance the kingdom of God. And it's all for you and your glory. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for starting the year off two weeks in with Sewing and Growing Podcast. And you know in the third week we'll be back with you. Uh, We'll be back with you then. I want to say see you, but we'll see you through words. (laughs) All right, see everyone.